0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the House Divided Podcast. I am Brendan, and my trustworthy co-host, Jeremy, is also here. Jeremy, how are you doing tonight?
1: Doing good. Uh, just getting getting through the week. We're, we're almost to the end of it here, Brendan. We're almost back to a uh, football Saturday, and you get to experience the beauty of bye week
0: Yeah, I can't wait. It's uh it's going to be a fun bye week even though I work uh because I mean Minnesota. Pina- uh, Pina- <laughs> I almost just said Pensacola. Um Penn State Minnesota looks like it could be a good matchup and obviously LSU Alabama combined with all the other sporting events that now happen all the time. So it should be a fun bye week not having to dedicate 4 hours of my life to Michigan football.
1: No, yeah, and let's be honest, it's not four. You got to, like, have, like, the two hours of, like, coming down after. So, yeah, you get a whole day to yourself. MSU fans are very familiar with this feeling because you've had 2 bye bi-weeks and three weeks. So, uh, yeah, I, this is the worst season for so many reasons. <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Oh, man. In the postseason, we can discuss how how bad it truly was. Um, first, let's get to a couple pieces of news. Uh, Not really a big news week, but we just can talk about a couple things. Uh, The initial college football playoff rankings came out this week. Um, A little bit surprising to a lot of people. It had a top four of Ohio State, LSU, Alabama, and Penn State, uh, with Clemson being undefeated and the outside. Now we both know that they won't have the balls to keep them out of the playoff if they go undefeated. However, it was kind of interesting to see that.
1: Yeah, I think uh, uh, in, even beyond the undefeated part, they know that Ohio State and Penn State both can't uh, stay undefeated ahead of them. So that will clear itself as well as Alabama, LSU playing each other this week. So it's a one-week hiccup thing. Um, I guess I'm guessing that people on the committee really, really, really just want to see uh, NC State get blown out. There's Somebody has an ex-girlfriend from NC State. Um <laughs> because they want Clemson to just mud stomp them as the, and I didn't realize this until I was set up my DVR for the weekend. Uh, that is the 730 ABC game, Brendan. I don't know if you looked at that. It's oh going to be God. a murder oh in prime time.
0: Yeah, they are. It's going to be over by the end of the first quarter. Holy crap. Uh,
1: Devil Swinney's kid is going to score two touchdowns. That's how much they're <laughs> going to be blowing them out.
0: Yeah. Definitely. I mean, Clemson, yeah, it might have been bulletin, bulletin board material. I just, I what I don't understand with this, I know LSU and Alabama look flashier, and, you know, they they might just be better than Ohio State and Penn State. But if you're just looking at schedules, there's not that big of a difference. We Theoretically, we should be looking at LSU, Alabama, and Penn State, Ohio State in the same light, even though nobody ever will. I don't. I also don't. Don't take that as me thinking that they're in the same light because I think Penn State is not the number four team in the country having watched both Michigan and Michigan State play against them. However, if you just go based off of their schedule and who they've beaten, I could see an argument.
1: Well, and the other thing is just there's no consistency. So if you want to say it's about an easy schedule and that makes Clemson go to five, okay, okay explain to me 8-0 and Baylor being all the way down to 12.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: I don't understand. Okay, so – Behind Oklahoma. Schedule, okay, we only have to be at five. And behind the University of Florida. Why is Florida in the top ten? That's ridiculous. Well, yeah.
0: And if, you're, if we're going to get into conferences and stuff, I could see that. My big issue is Oklahoma and Baylor, sure, they haven't played an identical schedule, but they're pretty similar. They're in the same conference uh, in – you know, one's undefeated. I, I know it's off of name recognition and what they did in prior years. And that just kills me because college football isn't a sport where you should be basing anything off of prior years because there is such a high rate of turnover. But, yeah, there, there's a quite a few big problems with the ranking system. I mean, Michigan
1: well, – If you want to hurt the Big 12, then you go down and there's, again, no consistency because you put Oklahoma State as the only three-loss team in the top 25.
0: Yeah, you're right. That's so You either – you hate
1: the Big 12 and then the Big 12 is okay and then it's not okay. Like, what – this is just – it's a joke. It's a joke that Memphis and Cincinnati and Boise State are clearly right by each other because they have to group the G5 teams right by each other behind freaking Iowa. All three of those teams would blow the doors off Iowa. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, I – you know, I, I only mean this like half sarcastically I'm okay with MSU not being on the playoff committee show or in the rankings because I am so over this made for TV show that they've done. And just, uh, it's, it's, yeah. it's great not to have to watch.
0: No, I get it. And I, I definitely understand. I would probably be feeling the same way if Michigan was a one loss team instead of a two loss and had to deal with this stuff uh, where it actually. Oh, it's the worst. But right now I just don't care. You know, Michigan has two losses. They're not going to end up in the playoff. You're. You're literally just playing to hopefully beat, beat both rivals and make a New Year's Six Bowl at this point. Uh, so, I, I honestly, I'm in the same boat where I'm glad I don't have to care because clearly they don't know what they're doing. There's, <laughs> there is three number ones in college football right now between
1: the three polls. <laughs> uh, CBS seems to just not be cowards and just put that their matchup this weekend is number one versus number one. They just choose to use different polls. (laughs) Yeah, no, CBS just do it.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, So let's uh, move on to the next piece of news. Talking about uh, Penn State Minnesota earlier, Minnesota just extended P.J. Fleck for an additional seven years, with a total of thirty three point two five million dollars. I would bet literally any sum of money that he is not Minnesota's coach in seven years.
1: No, he won't be. And can we also talk about the just perfect timing for P.J. Fleck? So you start 8-0, and just before you play Penn State, and not to give away a pick that we're probably going to have, but I don't think they're going to be 9-0. and Florida yeah. State fires a coach after two years, your name gets floated, and you get to force Minnesota into maybe getting that extension done a little bit quicker while you're 8-0. and
0: yeah, with what a huge what a blessed I, timing. I don't have the number on the buyout, but I know it's just absolutely huge. Um, and I, I'm not saying he's going to leave this year for Florida State
1: because I do not think he would even. Um, I oh no, no, he's officially not. He's, he's there for at least another season. But it's just yeah. what a beautiful time for his agent to just pick up the phone and go, "Oh, you see that the Florida State job's open and your team's eight and Let's get this done this week because <laughs> you and don't want to see it next week.
0: It's going to be hilarious when they finish the regular season nine and three. I mean, they like they have to play. I'm not saying Iowa's even good, but they still have to play Iowa. They still have to play Wisconsin, and they play Penn State this weekend. It is not unrealistic whatsoever that they finish this season nine and three. Um, so yeah,
1: it's not unrealistic that they
0: go eight and four. Uh, I think the fourth game is Northwestern.
1: (laughs) Well, here's a little fun stat that I I have to give credit to, uh, to Bud Elliott from Banner Society. Brendan, do you realize that they played a first string quarterback about 11 quarters this entire season?
0: No, I know that. And I, but man, I, I think you're underestimating how lowly I think of
1: Northwestern right now. Um, (laughs) Well. Because We're both uh, you know Medill grads and as Medill grads, we just can't be associated with this football team.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I still I think Minnesota's floor is nine and three, but I mean yeah, the if Murphy's law happens whatever week they play Northwestern, they could lose and they could end up eight and four, which would be absolutely fantastic. Um, moving on away from football for a second. So we talked about a couple of weeks ago how Michigan and Michigan State played in soccer, and Michigan got their first win over state since 2015 to earn the Big Bear trophy. Well, this Sunday at 4 p.m. on Big Ten Network down in Ann Arbor, there is going to be a rematch in the Big Ten tournament. It's uh, the quarterfinal game. Like I said, it's in Ann Arbor. I don't know if you use the trophy. Uh, again, that's my only question. It's always my question is, do they play for the trophy in a knockout stage type thing? Uh, But everybody should be tuning into that unless your NFL team is playing at four o'clock because it's really fun and it should get views. And it's, I mean, it's, it's knockout soccer. It's awesome. I love it.
1: And if you're an MSU fan, I mean, MSU soccer is playing for their life, kind of a disappointing season. They started, I want to say they started in the top 10 for the season started uh didn't quite have the season they wanted but you never know get on a run here in the tournament maybe get an auto bid to the NCAA tournament so uh might as well start that run with a game against Michigan and see what happens
0: yeah and if you're a Michigan fan you absolutely should be watching this not only because they've been a really they've had a really good team this year and have a lot of seniors that this is going to be this run at the end is going to be your last chance to watch them play but they play a fun style of soccer. They went on the road to play a top-10 Maryland team last weekend and beat them 4-2. to two. It was a wild game. Uh, so definitely tune into that. Big Ten Network, 4 o'clock. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, which brings us to another uh, rivalry game of sorts play, being played on Sunday. This is our uh, podcast derby number two. The first one was Everton Wolves. The Lions play the Bears on Sunday. And I'm pretty sure we're both pretty apathetic about it.
1: (laughs) That would be fair to say. That would be extremely fair to say. Um, I've been, I guess, blessed to not have to watch the Bears the last two weeks because they've gone – they had a game at the same time as the Lions. And then, again, this is a theme, folks. All week I'm just going to complain to you about TV and sports. It's 2019 and the NFL is still not accessible for every game. Uh, so for God knows what reason, the one o'clock game last week was only on CBS. So I had to watch the Colts game, uh, but I guess I missed the Bears getting two first downs in an entire NFL first half. So
0: see, they saved yeah. you.
1: Yeah, you would have you would have had they to watch
0: that and then you wouldn't have got to see Brian Hoyer. So I mean, really, they knew they were just thinking ahead for you. <laughs>
1: I guess, but what I'm saying in NFL is hashtag legalize it. I'm a grown man. If I want to do this heroin of NFL, I can do the heroin of NFL. Uh, you know, but, but yeah, they did save me. They they saved me. Uh, first time in Roger Goodell's career that he saved anyone from brain trauma. So that's a good start for him.
0: Yes, that is, uh, you didn't say anything false. Uh, that being said, we're going to get out of the off-topic stuff and, uh get into the real meat of today's show which is uh the Big 10 not the Big 10 opener but the basketball opener was played for both of our teams on Tuesday Michigan State took a uh it was a 7 point loss to Kentucky something around the, yeah. that area and uh Michigan yep. got an 8 point win over Appalachian State and uh we'll we'll do the more fun game i well fun is a very subjective word but uh we'll do the uh probably the more important game is the word I'll go with first in Michigan State versus Kentucky at MSG it doesn't get much bigger than that in a season opener and holy crap there were so many fouls
1: yeah it was I'm used to the uh both in basketball and hockey I'm used to the whole First few games of the year, they, they have their uh, new rules that they're uh, saying that they're going to be watching, so they have to be extra, extra strict on the uh, whistle and call a lot of fouls, call a lot of penalties, all these things. That was awful. I don't know how people – I tweeted during the game. I don't know how anyone can watch you, – you know one of the big differences between college basketball and college football is that college football, you will watch other teams' games. I can't watch college basketball if it's not my team because I don't really need to watch more of that. I don't need more ref shows. I don't need TV Teddy on my off night. And it's just, it was so brutal to, to have a game that's like, uh, in you know, a showcase of the beginning of your sport and to have that, that's just bad. I, I there's no other way to describe it. It was not watchable. Uh, that game in March would be way more fun once both teams are into the swing of things and uh, have their lineups figured out and they're not so rusty. But, man, that was not a great look, having uh, having a foul fest on the first night of the year.
0: Yeah, no, it wasn't. And um, it definitely wasn't as bad in the the Michigan game. It still wasn't great. Uh, But, yeah, it's not a good look. I mean, I love college basketball, but I had to make a – business decision at 11 p.m. where I was like okay it's halftime this hasn't been particularly fun and I kind of want to go to bed over watching the second half of number one versus number two on opening night that should not be a sentence being said uh
1: I'm a bet I'll I'll go over I'm an MSU fan I did the same thing uh you could say it was because MSU was losing I promise you it was not due to the score it was just – it wasn't an enjoyable watch. And when the game starts 35 minutes or whatever it was late due to ESPN and everyone else showing you that they really just care about college football more than the premier game of the start of college basketball, I'm not going to give it my premier time. That's just it, – it was – it's a terrible, terrible plan from to and I've hated that the last couple of years they have linked – the champions classic with the first week of the playoff reveal show. And I really wish we could get it moved. So we're on a different night than, uh, than Tuesday night, but yeah, it is. It was not a great fan watching experience regardless of the actual play on the court.
0: Yeah. That's another problem too, huh? Like why is this being played on a Tuesday? <laughs> In I, I guess. I mean, I know like, they
1: want to avoid. Uh, they want to avoid football, right? So I guess I your two that. options are Tuesday and Wednesday. I guess. I get um, that. But do it Wednesday. Do it Wednesday. Why like, avoid the NFL on Thursday? Avoid the NFL on Monday. Uh, you know, so, and then don't play it on the weekend because of that. But don't play it on Tuesday. But it's ESPN wanting to get more eyeballs. I assume for both really events, they want to have some people stick around from football, and they want to have. Uh, Some basketball people watch their football show. But, you know, it it definitely is a little bit more annoying being that my team was the team that's in the second game. But it really just sucks when you you look forward all offseason to basketball coming back, and ESPN doesn't care enough to even just showcase the basketball. They have to shoehorn this college football playoff into it. And not only just the rankings reveal – but then they have to talk about it for 20 extra minutes. And the game that's supposed to start at 930 isn't even starting by 10 o'clock. That's ridiculous.
0: And I get wanting to make MSU Kentucky the headliner, but having that game of that magnitude start at 10 PM on a weeknight is absolutely ridiculous. I, I do not agree with the decisions made by ESPN with that. And that being said, uh, let 's get to the actual game I'll tell
1: you, uh, the actual basketball now
0: <laughs> yeah um, I like i said i didn 't watch this with a very close eye uh, in the first half, and i didn't even see the second half outside of the highlights. Uh, what were your major thoughts, Jeremy?
1: so well, like we talked about uh Sunday when we did like the pre uh, you know going into the game um, the m s u for the first half, the real problem was the two people that we needed the best game from or who we should kind of be highlighting. Uh, they were off the court due to fouls. I mean, Aaron Henry is off the court two and a half minutes into the game. because He's got two fouls, and Xavier Tillman takes two, I would call them borderline offensive fouls, Uh, especially the second one. I I really don't think that was a a great call on that, but he takes two offensive fouls, and then Xavier Tillman's off the floor, and you really, uh, I mean, I don't think – there was talk in the summer, and we knew it wasn't going to happen, but there was talk of Julius Marble taking a redshirt. Julius Marble was in the game in the first five minutes.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so I don't think that's the way you script it out. <laughs> if you go from this kid might redshirt to this kid is playing in your opening night game against the number two team in the country, you clearly have had to do a lot of the weird things to your lineup that you weren't counting on. So, um, yeah, it was just – the first half was very – there was no flow to the game. It was very out of sorts. Uh, and I think the biggest loss was having Tillman off the floor because uh, when Xavier Tillman was on the floor, which again was only just a little over 20 minutes, I believe, uh, MSU was plus 11. They were minus seven when he was off the floor. Um, so he was the X factor, just couldn't play enough. Uh, Got to avoid the foul trouble for uh, for him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um... That's you, you. were talking about Xavier Tillman being plus eleven on the floor. I I do want to just point out, and I didn't notice this until uh, I literally just pulled off the Ken Pom box score for this game, and Xavier Tillman had an O rating of sixty eight. For those of you who don't uh, dive into the advanced stats or any type of things like that, about a baseline for a pretty good, not not great, but a pretty good, decent offensive performance is a hundred. Um, like Aaron Henry was at 138, Thomas Kithier at 149, and and Xavier Tillman was 68 O-rating, uh, but just still being plus 11, just making that huge impact on the defensive end of the court. And that's something you're going to be able to watch him do all season.
1: Yeah, and he just – he helps so much defensively, and then he's just enough of a threat uh, offensively with the pick-and-pop and with the screen games that they want to play that, you know, he, he gives more space to Cassius. or gives more space uh, for Cassius to drive and kick out to a Gabe Brown or kick out to an Aaron Henry. So, um, big difference when he's on the floor. Uh, other than that, the other two players I kind of highlighted uh, on, like, our pre-notes here was I thought Marcus Bainham held his own. Uh, coming out of the exhibition, you know, they were talking about how a 6'7 guy was – pushing him around and I'm not gonna say Marcus <laughs> held his own as in like he wasn't backing anyone down. He wasn't, you know, throwing <laughs> throwing elbows or anything. But when he came in, he, you know, he got his rebounds. He did pretty good on the floor. Um and Cassius's defense is still just aggressively average. Um uh and it really is painful to see that Cash took too many fouls on the defensive side too, because you know what, we know you're not a lockdown guy, Cash. You just gotta stay out of fouls. Just stay in front of the guy, but don't foul. Uh, we're not expecting you to be some terrific defensive player. Um, just need to be serviceable, and we can't have you off the offensive court because you're taking defensive fouls. So I think that's something that he struggled with that early last season too. Um, so hopefully, it's just something early, early season kinks. Uh, you know, getting back up to full speed, and then we'll uh, we can avoid that in the future.
0: Yeah, and, and I think that philosophy with Cassius has to be a situation where, like, yeah, you're given that extra defensive effort, but it, the value you're getting on offense with having him in the game is more than the added value you're getting on defense with that high risk of fouling. Uh, it'll, it'll end up in your favor a lot more if um, – if he's just not, not playing relaxed defense, but a little bit more relaxed and not fouling, and he's still able to be on the court for 35, 36, 37 minutes a game. Because, I mean, 32 minutes a game is nothing to scoff at for a point guard, but Cassius was going down the stretch last year playing all 40, basically, in every game. And that's how Michigan State made their money uh, down the stretch. So I think you're right he definitely needs to stay out of foul trouble especially on I didn't see them but just basing on what I've heard um some pretty soft stuff that was non consequential uh that just doesn't
1: Well mean and, I mean he he had one on the first possession of the game I want to say where you know he just the guy kind of jumped into him but you know it's just like things like that where it's just like cash you don't have to take a foul that way and it's uh it's just a soft foul to take, you know, 30 seconds into a game. Um, but I think on the positive side, too, for MSU, there's a lot of negatives, a lot to work on, which, uh, you know, maybe is kind of deflating after you're, you're the preseason number one. But the good news is outside of maybe Duke, they are not playing someone that good again for a long time. So uh, they played a lot of other teams that night. They maybe get an ugly win or not up to their standards, but they win. So, uh you know Kentucky the length that they have the athleticism they have we're not going to see that <laughs> all year so um so I think you just kind of you kind of take your lumps uh let them become the number 1 team in the country and then uh you just focus on uh you know Binghamton this weekend but really more so getting ready for Seton Hall in a few weeks
0: yeah and uh that's definitely the case uh that Binghamton game being played on Sunday uh there is nothing to preview there sorry everybody Uh, Binghamton is ranked 331st in the country per Ken Palm, and Michigan State will probably win by 40 points. Um, Any other thoughts on Michigan State before we dive into the less fun
1: game? (laughs) No, let me ask you, is it just less fun because it wasn't one versus two, or is it less fun because you had to deal with uh, a 30-point lead evaporating in the second half against Appalachian State?
0: I think you know the answer, Jeremy. And I think you're just
1: toying with it. <laughs> We call that a transition, folks. And I'm sorry up yeah. have my partner here. If, uh, uh, so, if so what? We... Happened, I mean, I, I did not see much of this game. Um, I think I saw maybe a little bit of the first half. Uh, and then flipped it off because, I mean, they were just rolling. I uh, was watching some hockey, watching some other stuff. Uh, and really just on Twitter was kind of seeing that the game was getting closer and getting closer flipped it back on, Michigan pulled away again. I was like, okay, that has to be it. And then I saw that he got got as low as like four points in the last minute or something like that? Four
0: points inside a minute, yes. Um, Ooh. And, yeah, it wasn't great. Uh, So the first 28 minutes of this game was awesome. Like, just so fun to watch, Uh, not only because they were up 30, but, you know, it was just such a different change of pace. It's it's fun to watch change when it's going well. Uh, Livers had a double-double about 13, 14 minutes into the game. Or Not Livers, sorry. forget me. Teske okay, yeah. had a double-double about 13, 14 minutes into the game. He was using post moves, which we never saw under beeline. Um, they were playing really solid defense, forcing bad shots. Eli Brooks was hitting three – and. Eli Brooks is going to remain a positive. His career high before Tuesday night was nine points and he went for 24 uh, and ended up having, adding on three assists. Um, He ended up getting the MVP honors for, uh, for Ken Palm system. And he was just fantastic. Uh, But yeah, it was a really fun first 28 minutes and, followed by one of the worst collapse I have ever seen. Like, it, it definitely brought in nightmares when you talk about if this would have happened against any team, you'd be nervous, but it's that name on those jerseys.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, like seriously. Yeah. We yeah. we talked about yeah. last week, like, why do you schedule Appalachian State? And it almost came back to bite them. And that being said, like, they, it was within four with a minute left. But you go to the um, – Ken Palm, uh, the win probability chart. And Michigan's lowest win probability was 96.2%. And that was within the first two minutes of the game. Um, It was never actually in doubt when you take out the fact of just everybody being nervous. Um, But yeah, a 30-5 to run was made by Appalachian State. That's putrid.
1: And I heard that it sounded like Xavier Simpson really uh, – he had a struggle. Uh, so a lot of people actually saying, you know, they haven't seen a worst game from him since, like, freshman year. Uh, and well, there's a worst lot of empty possessions and, yeah.
0: I, you know, and so it's hilarious because going into this game, who would I have said was the two key players going into this game you need to do well to win? And it would have been Isaiah Livers and Xavier Simpson. And neither of them had an O rating that cracked a hundred. Michigan had 17 turnovers. 11 of them came from those two, six from Simpson, five from livers. That is just out of this world bad. And that's why I kind of tried to be an optimist saying we are all worried about, um, we are all worried about our depth scoring. And having Eli Brooks come out and play 37 minutes and, put up 24 points on 23% usage. Um, Having John Teske go dominate in the first half. They got to play with some fun lineups where they put Castleton and Teske out together. And that was cool. Uh, And they also played with some three guard lineups, having Simpson, Brooks, and DeJulius out there, which if DeJulius ever gets comfortable, could be fun. But he played 28 minutes and was just really, really poor. He was a ghost out there. Um, So, yeah, I mean – It was an up-and-down season, or up-and-down season, an up-and-down game, which brings me to the point that a lot of Michigan fans are making, that this game might end up being a microcosm of what this first season ends up being under Juwan Howard, where there's going to be some really fun moments, that 30-point lead, you're you're riding high. There's probably going to be some games like that where Michigan's going to beat some good teams, and it's going to be a lot of fun. And then there's probably going to be some games where they go out and they lose to Penn State or they lose to Northwestern or something really dumb like that. Um, And there's going to be some moments where Michigan fans are pulling their hair out. And hopefully it ends up keeping the metaphor going like this game. Uh, And it all ends up okay in the end. But, man, it was a wild two hours. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I have a suggestion. I you know, judging by how the second half went, maybe don't have Jalen come out to use the t-shirt cannon at halftime. Uh, yes, maybe. that that could be. Maybe it. he's the bad luck. Maybe yeah, I mean, night one, Brandon. They wasted him on night one. Yeah, Ugh. I you know I God. agree. I have
0: no connections to the Fab Five. Uh, I was. Neither do I,
1: but I I just think Jalen's a punk. But uh, oh, not away like, sure from his do. Michigan career, I just think he's annoying. Uh, he, his shows like Bill Simmons and stuff, just don't get the draw. Uh, definitely respect him from a basketball perspective. He's super good. But, uh, yeah, that was – didn't think they would waste it on night one. I wish they would have saved Jalen for, like, you know, MSU, Ohio State, one of the rivalry games. You know, save him for that. Ah,
0: who cares? It uh, None of it matters. This is just uh... – This whole game had me so excited. Like, I was so happy about an hour and a half into it. And then the run started, and I was like, oh, okay, this is annoying, but it'll turn around, and it just never turned around. Uh, So here's the thing, though. I think, ultimately, Livers and Simpson are going to figure it out. These are two players who probably had the highest usage rate uh, from the Beeline era, so it makes sense that it's going to take them a little bit more to actually transition. um And I, I'm sure they're going to figure it out. I don't think we'll ever see Xavier Simpson play another game that bad at Michigan ever again. And and I am com- being completely no. candid. I do not think it'll happen again. Mm-hmm. Livers could be up and down, but you know it's his first year jumping into a role where he's going to have you know 20 plus percent usage and. I could and it's going to be expected to be a major contributor so uh, we'll see and that's basically the whole theme of this game they have a week off in between games they take on Creighton at home next Tuesday and what should be a pretty good game let me go back to the schedule um yeah, it's, Ken Palm's projecting it to be a 75-71 Michigan victory. Michigan's ranked 31. Creighton's ranked 34. It's basically a coin toss with Michigan having some, a little help because of home court advantage. Uh, and, we'll, and we'll preview that more this weekend. But, yeah, I mean, I'm really in wait-and-see mode after. I was going to be super excited if they would have even won by 20. But uh, now it's just I don't even know how to feel. Because how could you after after a game like that, you know?
1: Yeah, that's fair. I think it's uh, – you take the excitement. It's, you know, hey, it's cool that Juwan didn't have uh, – you know, you got a win in his first game. Uh, that's exciting. But it's uh, it's a little deflating to uh, go from how high the highs were in that game to uh, to almost leaving a win kind of frustrated. And that's, that's unfortunate because I think it is. You know, it's his first game as a head coach. Period. Anywhere, yeah, so that's awesome lot. that he went out and he got a win on his first night. That's, you uh, know, that should be celebrated. And uh, it was, it had to be pretty cool for a Michigan fan, especially one that's maybe more, uh, you know, the the older generation that remembers him as a player to see him on the sidelines had to be pretty cool. Um, you know, having him back and and, and patrolling the sidelines. That's a, it's a, it's pretty cool experience. So
0: yeah, oh, I'm sure it is for those people that got to watch him actually play at Michigan and uh, watch his NBA career unfold. I wasn't super familiar with him. And it was cool for me, too, just seeing how happy he was over there in the first three quarters of the game. Um, But, yeah, you know, it's going to be a long year, I think. And that's not all negative, but we'll see. We'll see. It's going to be a fun year, too, though. Lots of storylines to watch out for. For
1: sure.
0: Yeah. So moving on to uh, not fun. Michigan State and Illinois play on Saturday at Spartan Stadium in a football game. Uh, what are your thoughts? They're calling going? it football.
1: There are, yeah. <laughs> sources so say – i got to be honest. <laughs> yeah, uh, sources can confirm uh, they're classifying it as football, which I think is – that's ballsy before they see what happens to call this football. Um I don't know. I so I have to admit I was pretty nervous most of the week. Um, but I did uh you know, doing the show prep for tonight, I don't know where it is. I, I'm a little less nervous. Um definitely would not be surprised to see Illinois win. Uh, just with the way that the Michigan State's last few weeks have gone and and not even just the results on the field, but with the bocce suspension and and now Daryl Stewart is out for this game and so is uh uh Matt Allen. So, you know, just uh, seems like everything's going against them, but at the same time, I know Illinois beat Wisconsin, and I know they've won three in a row. I still just – they're not good. <laughs> and I know MSU may not be good either, but I think, I think MSU can beat a team that lost to Eastern Michigan this year. Like, don't forget that. They beat Wisconsin. This team also lost to Eastern Michigan.
0: Yeah, this is so, the most – you could make an argument for Illinois being the most uh, confusing team in the country. I, I'm not sure if they take number one because there are a lot of teams that are confusing out there this year. But, man, because Eastern didn't end up being, like, a good MAC law. I know good MAC losses don't actually exist. But, like, they're not competing for a title. They're, no. they're trying to get bowl
1: eligibility. It's great. Yeah.
0: No, and then it, they went and beat it.
1: I don't get it. It's not a good loss. And and on top of that, so here's some things. Like, I think if, like most people, uh, outside of the Wisconsin game, we've, probably most people have not paid any attention to Illinois. That's probably fair, right? Yeah. Um, here's, here's some surprising things as I kind of dove in, things that kind of turned my mind around a little bit on it. How, uh, what, how do you think Brandon Peters has played conference-wise? Like if you had to guess get some stats, like how many yards do you think he's had in conference?
0: Oh, man. How many – has he even cracked 1,000?
1: <laughs> uh, he He's cracked 1,000 for his season. Boy, let me tell you, when he's played the Big Ten, he's 32 of 70, oh. so below 50% completion percentage, with 430 yards, four touchdowns, and two interceptions. That's not frightening. I know we – you know, I think he's been better than maybe people thought. and and that's totally fair, Uh, and he has battled through injury, but that's that's not scary. I'm not afraid of that. Um, Yeah, and I mean – I definitely will regret this on Sunday. I know that now. I already know that. (laughs) But um, on top of that, their leading rusher, the most yards he's had all season was 83 yards in a game.
0: Yeah. You know, that's the craziest part about Illinois is if you would have told me that, you know, hey, Illinois is going to upset Wisconsin, I would have told you, okay, first of all, whatever you've been smoking, pass it this way. Second of all, um, well, Brandon Peters went off then, right? Like he had right. to. his stat line against Wisconsin, nine of 21 for 174 yards and two scores. That, I mean, the two scores yeah. is good, but he didn't even crack 200 yards. He didn't even crack a 50% completion percentage. I mean,
1: His most important stat was the zero interceptions. That was the most important stat for him that yeah. day. You're right. 100%. And here's the other thing. That 83 yards that we mentioned with uh, Reggie Corbin being his, his best rushing day, that was against Wisconsin. Yeah, it when was. You, guess what happened in that game, Brian? He had a 43-yard run. <laughs> the other 16 carries, 40 yards.
0: You're right. I he mean, barely you're...
1: cracked two yards a game. So it's, it's one of those where, again, in all honesty, I, maybe I should rewatch it and I want to see a little bit maybe what happened in that game against Wisconsin. But it really is just the more you dive into that game, which I think is really, again, what most people, most people who are nervous from an MSU perspective are not going to care that they beat Rutgers last week and they're not going to care that they beat and injured Purdue, they're only nervous because of the Wisconsin game. That's why they're nervous. And You're from an Illinois perspective, right. MSU has a lot of problems on their own for you to be nervous about. Uh, but from an Illinois perspective, the only thing they're nervous about is the Wisconsin game. And if you really just look into it, Wisconsin just – I think Wisconsin lost that game, and Illinois did everything right to be in the game for long enough to take advantage of Wisconsin. Don't forget that on a third down when they're trying to run out the clock, Wisconsin threw the ball and threw an interception. And so on Illinois' winning drive, they started at the like forty-five yard line. And that'll they did be not the have to work hard to win that game.
0: Yeah, that'll be the key too, because I mean Illinois—they are not good, and they have definitely had turnover luck to um, to push them to where they are now, uh, which is somehow, some way. They are a team who is five and four. They are five and four. But they are by no means good. I mean, I'm looking through their schedule right now. In week two, they beat UConn, who is two and six now, by eight points. They were in a back-and-forth game with UConn. They lost to Eastern. They lost to Nebraska. They got dummied by Minnesota. I mean, this is, you're right. This is not a good team and i do think that all the momentum and all the nervousness uh, on the michigan state side is due to the fact that they got that win over wisconsin and then had to play probably the two weakest teams on their schedule right after um, yep. and yep. and you can see in vegas sees that. it's a four, michigan state's a 14 and a half point favorite and michigan state isn't a good team so
1: yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. so but i mean even we, SP plus SP Plus has this as MSU by 11 and a half. I mean, that's some pretty tr- trustworthy numbers, I think. And from an MSU perspective, of course, there are concerns. Um, you know, so getting on to like more concerns that I had about MSU, I mean, one, the biggest one is going to be who fills in for Joe Bocce. Is it going to be Noah Harvey, um, you know, who is kind of listed as his backup? I would like to see them move Tyreek Thompson into the middle uh, just personally. But maybe they experiment a little bit uh, in the game. I would love to see Kenny Wilkis have his breakout game. And I'm not saying that he's had a bad season by any means, but with the preseason hype that Kenny had, he can still have a monster game. Uh, I know he did against Tulsa, but if he can do that again, that would be great. And I also just think this is the game that Elijah Collins can look like he did against Western Michigan again. Because if we remember back to the game that Illinois lost to Michigan, you remember that first quarter, Michigan just getting like nine yards every carry every time they wanted it. Yeah, no,
0: they did. And, and uh, I don't
1: think that MSU line is anywhere near as good as Michigan. So, so don't take that as a front against a slight against Michigan. But I, Illinois' rush defense is just so, so, so bad. It is ninety fifth in the country, giving up one hundred and eighty seven yards a game and over four yards per carry. If any game they can just pound the ball with Elijah Collins, this would be the one.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's definitely their biggest weakness on the defensive side of the ball. I think Michigan, sh- Michigan State should be able to just pound the rock and uh, score, not a ton, but score enough to make this uh, a relatively nice afternoon for you guys. Um,
1: and they have no reason to overlook it. They've lost three games in a row. Illinois has won three games in a row. You could say that they'd be nervous about overlooking it to look ahead to Michigan. You're coming off a bye, and you need to end a losing streak. Now would be the time. Uh, there's plenty of reason. If if they have the leadership that they like to say they have in the media, they will come together and find a way to beat Illinois and hopefully not have it be uh, as nervous as all the fans uh, are going to be at kickoff about this game.
0: Yeah, and I and I hope so. And, I mean, if they – They have not earned the right to look ahead to anything, and I don't think they will. No. Um, So, yeah, we'll see that. Um, Something you highlighted in the notes that I think is a very interesting storyline. A lot of people went into this year thinking Kenny Willekes was just going to be an absolute destroyer of worlds. And he really, he hasn't been bad by any means. Don't take this as a slight to him. Mm -hmm. Just hasn't. Achieved these expectations that were kind of pushed on to him going into the year. Uh, you said, can Kenny Willekes find his monster game today? And I'm in the camp of yes, not today, of course, Saturday, but I'm in the camp of yes. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Well,
1: actually, I'm kind of curious on yours. I mean, you saw your defensive line uh, go against this Illinois team. Do you, you know, knowing who Kenny is or, or kind of the, uh, the strength of the Michigan state defense, especially without having Joe Bocce, as your leader, uh, back as your middle linebacker, I think this is a game that if Kenny wants to step up as a senior, you know it, it all kind of comes together for him. But what do you think from uh, from someone who's watched Illinois as you know his team playing them?
0: So here's the thing: I think Kenny Willickis is going to have a very effective game. I do not think it's going to show up on the stat sheet necessarily, okay? Because when when Michigan played Illinois, it was a lot of when they were on offense. A lot of quick action, like if they're throwing the ball, lots huh. of getting rid of it quick. Uh, so you're probably not going to get a lot of sacks against this team. Uh, that being said, they did not have Brandon Peters when Michigan played them. So they were playing a different type of quarterback, somebody who's more mobile and uh, liked to throw on the run a little bit more than Brandon does. Um, and, and that being said, so I don't think he's going to rack up more than a sack maybe. Uh, and then with the running game, I just, think common sense tells you run away from that guy go the other way and uh I think he'll have a very effective game and he'll probably be tossing people around but it might be one of those Rashawn Gary type games where you know he's just eating space and you know he's playing the best he can but it's not going to show up on the stat sheet like you would love it to
1: for sure so yeah I think that's probably fair uh could definitely be one of those games where he's Uh, disruptive, but, but not rewarded. Uh, That makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah. Um, Any other thoughts that you have before we uh, move on to picking all the games against the spread this week?
1: No, I think, uh, like I said, I think I, I improved my outlook a little bit Uh, that will easily regress by Saturday Um, (laughs) back into some more negativity, but, uh, but yeah, it's, you know, I don't, I think MSU fans, if you, if you can take the emotion out of it, which fans, we never can. So I don't understand that. But when you look a little bit more objectively, I think there's a lot that says Illinois is nowhere near, uh, the level of team we've been playing and we can absolutely win this game. And to be honest, we could win this game comfortably if everything goes right. So, uh, so, you know, trying to keep a positive mindset Saturday and hopefully, uh, it's not a painful loss again.
0: Yeah. And uh, that being said, we will dive into our picks this week, which will include our Illinois Michigan state picks later on, but we're going to start with the first noon game that ESPN lists, Maryland at Ohio state, Ohio state is a 44 point favorite. Um, This is really funny for me just to see all of the hot takes after Week two, Maryland beat the hell out of Syracuse. Um, So many tweets were surfacing on my timeline of Maryland fans from early September saying they were going to at least take one, if not two, out of Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State. And uh, they got blown out by the first two, and now they have to play the most impressive team in the country. So (laughs) this should be fun, Um, despite my distaste for Ohio State. I've got Ohio State covering because they have given me zero reasons to pick against them so far.
1: Yeah, and the funny part is I think there's going to be a bigger spread next week when they play Rutgers. Oh, Um, yeah, for sure. I I don't know. 44 is just so many points. But, uh, yeah, Maryland's bad. And Ohio State's coming off a bye week uh, with, you know, maybe they – uh, yeah, it, it feels like they're going to cover the 44, something like a 59-0 type of game. Uh, is, is come, cause I can't see Maryland scoring. There, there, there's just no way I can see Maryland scoring uh, in this contest. So, uh, and, and Ohio State doesn't have to uh, look far to see a reason to show up because they are not far removed from having a game go come down to a two-point conversion from losing to this Maryland team. That's true. So, so they have plenty of reason to show up. Uh, and really just put this game away and put it away with some, uh, with some gusto. So give me, uh, give me a half state covering as well.
0: Yeah. That was my thought. I mean, I just, this Maryland team looked really bad. Uh, It had some good moments against Michigan, but it ended up being futile because they lost by 31. Uh, And Ohio State will not allow you to, if anything, Ohio State is just going to be petty about it and want to win by more than Michigan did. So that's why I'm picking them to cover. That's true. Um, Penn State at Minnesota. Penn State a a six-and-a-half-point favorite on the road against an undefeated Golden Gophers team. Uh, It's your pick. What do you got?
1: So yeah, I think uh, I think Minnesota is just not. Congrats on the eight zero. They've had a lot of things come their way via uh, their opponents having hurt quarterbacks and things like that. Getting Penn State at six and a half, I would jump all over that. Uh, so uh, give me six and a half for uh, Penn State covering.
0: I wanna take Minnesota just because it'd be fun, but. I don't think they can do it. I I don't think it'll be close even. I think Penn State will probably run away with it in the fourth quarter. Uh just I who does Minnesota have that can even try and guard KJ Hamler?
1: I don't know. And and that's not even the most concerning part for me if if you're looking at it from the Minnesota angle. I think um you're know, giving up the points or or making Clifford make mistakes. I could I could see that almost more than I can see Minnesota doing anything against this Penn state defense. They just don't have the speed. They don't have the athletes to, to compete against uh, what has been as much as you and I are both not really believers in Penn state, you know, being as high as they are ranked. I will tell you that if there's one thing that is very, very accurate about Penn state, it is that that defense is as good as advertised That is a very good defense. Um, And I just don't think that Minnesota is going to get much success at all against them.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I completely agree with you. Uh, Moving into our next one, uh, we have Purdue at Northwestern, and I'm pretty sure this will be the definitive battle of the bottom two of the Big Ten West. Maybe Nebraska. I'm not sure. The
1: definition of what uh, Bill Simmons calls a poop factor, this is the definition.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so uh, Purdue at Northwestern. Northwestern is a a two-and-a-half point favorite at home. I am going to take Purdue to cover uh, just because they looked pretty – I mean, they looked about as good as you can when you have that many injuries uh, last week against Nebraska. And I'm just going to keep picking against Northwestern until it bites me in the butt.
1: And and Purdue is – now Purdue is going to be down to their third-string quarterback. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. And they still hung that on you, Scott Frost. So, you know, wear that on your face. Um, yeah, I'm going to give Purdue going to pick Purdue, too. I agree with you. Northwestern is probably the worst team in – they're not the worst team in the league because we have Rutgers there. Uh, but, man, they're awful. That, that offense they have is just so putrid. Uh, I'll take the Boilermakers to go on, that, on the road and uh, have more fans than Northwestern there and then also win.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think you're accurate on both accounts. Um, that brings us into our uh, house-divided game of the week, Illinois at Michigan State. Michigan State, 14-and-a-half point favorite at home against an Illinois team that is surging, apparently. Um, yeah, it's your team. I'll let you take the first pick. Who, who do you got? Well, what, give more of an overall summation of how you think it's going to go.
1: Okay. So, so again, diving into the stats for a little bit. Um, so, here's, here's some things to consider, too, when you're trying to add sponsors about MSU. Uh, still the 11th ranked defense in SP Plus, despite the last the whole month of October. Still the 11th ranked defense. Uh, as far as a, so here's let me give you MSU again. Obviously their offense is ranked low. They're 88th in the country. That seems appropriate, right? This is the defenses that they've played when they lost. One, two, six, and 31. 31 being Arizona State.
0: Wow. They
1: also hunt 31 points on the 21st-ranked defense of Northwestern and over 30 points on the 36th-ranked defense of Indiana. This Illinois defense is 51. And the only offenses they have faced ranked lower than Illinois have scored a combined, well, actually a combined 17 points as far as Tulsa and Northwestern. Illinois is one spot behind Arizona State on offense. Arizona State scored seven points against these Spartans. Um, I'm going to say it's 14.5 feels like a lot. I I don't want to have to take those points. But I'm going to pick MSU. I I think they win at least by double digits. And you know what? If they get rolling, they get Elijah Collins going, maybe it can be like the – I don't think it'll get all the way like the Western game where you get a huge blowout like that. But maybe we finally have another defensive touchdown. They get a pick six or a fumble recovery. Uh, This is a game that they can definitely get right and have at least some confidence. Not that they're going to go on the road and beat Michigan next week, but at least that they're going to believe that they can play well enough to be in the game against Michigan next week. And to do that, they're going to have to put Illinois away early. And so I'm going to take the Spartans to cover.
0: Yeah, um, I'm going to agree with you. I think Michigan State covers uh as i mean that 14 and a half is a big number but i think illinois at some point has to regress to the mean and i think michigan state has to regress to the mean i don't think they are as bad as they have looked and i think a lot of people are just think being so down on them considering how they have lost the last three games but you make a good point the last three defenses they've played are number yeah one two and six in the country per sp plus so yeah, I, I think you could be right, and I'm going to agree with you. I think Michigan State covers and maybe gets a little bit of momentum going into that Michigan game. Um, for those who don't know, actually, I didn't realize it because it hasn't felt like Michigan's had a great defense. Per S&P Plus, uh, they have the number three defense in the country. So that was something that kind of shocked me when I saw it. But Yeah, yeah they've
1: really recovered basically since the Wisconsin game, right? I mean, that's uh, that's the only real – real bad game they've had in uh in a way I know I say puts 28 points up on them, but they, that was an all, all explosive play game uh, yes. for them. Right. So, so yeah, Michigan's just, I agree with you though. It's been too quiet. It's been quiet, uh, but I don't really blame it either. For me, even if I was a Michigan fan from their perspective, because number one defense in the country last year got absolutely shredded by some crossing routes uh, against Ohio state. So totally understand Um You know, wanting to uh, to maybe keep it a little bit quieter this year.
0: Yeah, no, I get it too. Um, And that brings us to our last game, which hopefully we disagree on
1: because we haven't disagreed yet. Yeah, Uh, I was going to say I thought the MSU game was going to be it. That was uh, that was my assumption.
0: You're a very convincing gentleman. I went into this thinking Illinois was going to cover and lose, but uh, no, you laid out the facts, and I cannot see Illinois keeping this close anymore. So, hilarious. All right. They will. Um, we have Iowa at Wisconsin at 4 o'clock on Saturday. Uh, Wisconsin is a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Wisconsin hasn't looked good in the slightest since that Michigan game. Iowa might be the least fun game, fun team to watch in the country. This was the game – I thought there were a lot of tough spreads in this one this week. And this was probably the toughest because I feel like I have a – I feel like I have no read on either of these teams. And Ooh. I'm going to take Wisconsin to cover a nine-and-a-half point spread just because I think Iowa's offense is so bad and they have to play this Wisconsin defense. But I would not be shocked to even see Iowa win this game outright because these two teams are confusing It's all hell.
1: Yeah, so, so for all the like – uh the positive vibes I just had about MSU, right? That they've got to get right. Kind of feels similar for Wisconsin. You know, they have that that uh, that terrible loss with Ohio State and the loss to Illinois, and kind of kind of a rough stretch here. Like, let's get right and and blow out a rival in Iowa. Um, man, I kind of want to just take Iowa just for us to be different. So I think that's what I'll do. I, I think I think Wisconsin wins out right. I, I truly do. Um, but, uh, Iowa just feels like the type of team that can just hang around and hang around, uh, way too long, way beyond how long they should, and, uh, and lose by like, you know, seven instead of, you know, 10 points.
0: Well, I, and I completely see your point of view because I literally did not even have my mind made up going into this, like picking this game, <laughs> because I've been so back and forth on this one. Um, while this should be pretty putrid to watch, it still is going to be better than the only game we disagreed on last week, which was Illinois Rutgers. So we have that to look for to at least be happy about. Right,
1: we're we're making slow and slow improvement on uh, on our watching and what we can watch.
0: Yes, we are. Although you won't get to see it because you'll be uh, you'll be in Spartan Stadium watching Michigan State cover. We have both decided. Yeah, says, I can't
1: say that I would be watching it even if I was home. I mean, that's Alabama LSU if I'm home. So, uh, yeah, you got <laughs> yeah, to throw it, it on does, the phone, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Put the iPad up and, uh, and, uh, and put that because, you know, can't put that on the big TV. That might be against some type of SEC rules. I, I have dogs. They can't be subjected to that. I can't get them taken away from me.
0: <laughs> and, uh, that's enough Big Ten football for one week. I, we are hitting our max dose uh time to dive into some much more fun big 10 hockey uh we talked about the results last week on our recap pod on sunday so we just get to talk previews this weekend with michigan hosting minnesota at yost arena for a weekend series and then michigan state taking a road trip out to hockey valley um against penn state we'll start with the michigan series uh I think this is a good thing that they get to play Minnesota pretty early in the season, because we talked about it in the season preview. They're a pretty young team. Um, They have a lot of freshmen, and I think they're just going to keep getting better throughout the year. So I think it's a really good thing you get to play them this early in the season. Um, That being said, it's been a very up and down first month of the year, and that series at Ohio State – was just killer only for the fact that you come really close both games to beating a team that we both predicted to win the big 10 on the road and can't pull a single point out of it. That really sucks. Um, so I think you have a, have to have a big rebound series against Minnesota. I think it's gotta be four points minimum that you take from it to feel good going into rivalry, rivalry week next week. What are your thoughts as an outsider who also probably has a little bit more nuance in the college hockey area? Well, it's,
1: uh, it's got to be an important series for both, right? I mean, Minnesota's coming off of getting swept, too, last week. Uh, well, they got um, some. To point. Notre Dame.
0: So they,
1: they got they, – they That's true. They technically true. got swept, but I think they grabbed uh, – t- They grabbed the overtime point. So, actually, yeah, they, they got a tie nationally and, uh, and, uh, and a loss to Notre Dame. So, uh, but I still think it's an important series. I mean, you don't want to start off. Uh, having two conference series and maybe, you know, only two to four points out of those, you know, a possible 12. You don't mm-hmm. want to have that. So, so it was an important series, I think, for both teams. Um, I I agree with you. I think Michigan's probably uh, the, the better team at this point in the season. Uh, I think it'll be interesting. Uh, we did not get Brandon Peters playing Michigan in football. Do we maybe get, you know, a little return action in net? against michigan this weekend that could be a fun little storyline i would um, love to see
0: it for multiple reasons
1: yeah i think michigan would torch him so <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm sure the yeah. michigan fan you would want to see him in that because i you yeah, know absolutely. i think he uh you torch him if he's there um but yeah I, it's gonna be an interesting series i think i agree with you i think michigan should want at least four points out of this i would not be shocked if they uh they swept minnesota um, I probably would be shocked going the other direction. I can't really see the Gophers uh, sweeping Michigan this weekend. I Michigan's can't. just too. Yeah, they're just they're a better team. I, I think Straussman has played well. It's unfortunate that he didn't get a win last weekend. Uh, he really deserved it. Uh, he's been having a good start to his season. So he's been
0: excellent. Uh, all, so far. I mean, like that's one of the biggest surprises of the season so far Strauss Straussman. Not only we were talking going into the year like can he take the starting job at like and actually take it uh and that was like the goal and not only did he take the starting job he has been excellent uh on the mgo hockey cast i was listening to uh david nasternak and uh adam uh Schnapp, i think or Shep. um and they were talking about how uh he might be putting up the best early season performance out of any Michigan goalie since Hunwick has been here. And I I obviously don't have the history, but he's definitely been the strongest goalie since I've started watching during the Kyle Connor year.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's totally accurate. I don't think, especially in the early, like you said, in the early going, for sure. I haven't seen anyone like this. Uh, so it's a really good thing for Michigan, uh, especially as they've been trying to get themselves going a little bit. Uh, like we talked, we've talked about with the depth scoring and trying to figure that out. Um, so yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Uh, so I, I like Michigan to get at least a, at least a split at bare minimum, uh, but probably even be able to, uh, to do better than that. Cause they, they're super talented. They can, they can do that.
0: Yeah. I'm i uh, I'm going to go with a five point weekend for Michigan. I think they'll uh, win in regulation at least once. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to say one of them ends up being a tie and they end up getting being the fa uh getting the better puck luck in overtime cuz you know it's a shit show at that point but uh once it goes to 3 on 3 I do think Michigan is more structurally sound uh than Minnesota might be especially given the um the inexperience of their roster and Michigan has been the most structurally sound that I've seen them since I've been watching Michigan hockey. Obviously they weren't uh they were a little bit more in the wild wild west type play when Kyle Connor was here back in Red's final years and uh now they they look they look really good. They almost look like Ohio State light last weekend. Like seriously. Not they probably don't have the depth scoring again that we were talking about, but it was a similar brand of hockey for sure where They weren't being necessarily flashy, but just being structurally sound and playing a close to the chess game. Um, So yeah, I'm going with five points this weekend against Minnesota, um, which would be good. That would try and, you know, you're sitting at zero points after one weekend, a big 10 play, it would be good to get five or six on the board and you'd feel a lot better going into the rivalry weekend against Michigan state next week.
1: For sure. For sure. I think, uh, uh and it's definitely out there for the taking. They can uh they can do that for sure.
0: Yep. And uh that brings us to Michigan State at Penn State. Um Penn State coming off the impressive sweep of Wisconsin, Michigan State playing in their Big Ten opener this weekend. Uh what are your thoughts on this game?
1: Man, uh, it is not a great time to be playing Penn State. <laughs> um, no. Uh, coming off a weekend where, you know, I was hoping to get at least one of the wins over Cornell, a team that plays a little bit more style that I think fits MSU right now, pretty defensive, uh, you know, not up and down the ice, not going to demand that you score four or five goals to hang in there. Uh, And they they came away with two losses. And and now you go in and historically, basically, uh, for the last few years, the worst matchup for MSU has been Penn State um that is the one that they they really struggle with the most uh especially at penn state so tough weekend to get them uh you know if there's one thing that they need and absolutely need to focus on it is to stay the hell out of the box uh they have the second worst power or penalty kill in the country uh for any team that's played more than two games so and it's it's operating at 68% right now. Uh, And they're going up against a team that is at over 31% on the power play. So um, if they take penalties, this could get ugly this weekend. Uh, There's just no sugarcoating it. Uh, Penn State's going to score on the power play if you put them on it. So you need to stay out of the box to keep this a low scoring series. Um, If MSU can come home with any points, that would honestly be a, a good weekend. That's, it's a tough place to play at Happy Valley. Uh they're a really good team. They're just stylistically the worst fit for MSU to deal with. Uh so I you know, if we can get anything out of this weekend that that's honestly going to be uh positive.
0: Yeah, and uh I I see it pretty similar. Um I definitely think it, the opportunity is there. I know Penn State's firing on all cylinders, but um I definitely think the the ability is there from Uh, Drew DeRitter to possibly steal a game, get some lucky bounces on the other end. I wouldn't count that out at all. Uh, But, yeah, I think you're right. It's going to be a really tough weekend, and if you can scrap out, especially if you could get, like, two or three points, I think that's pretty big. Um, I don't know, man. It's tough when it's so early in the year. Uh, Everybody's only been playing for a month, but Penn State has looked very, very impressive.
1: Yeah, they they've been super good. They really took it to Wisconsin last week, and uh, Wisconsin's a team that has a lot of similarities to MSU in that they're struggling uh, with giving up a lot of goals right now. And um, you know, Penn State really just had no trouble putting them away. So, uh, big weekend for MSU. I think it's a good early test. Uh, They have to respond better than they did last week against Cornell. So, um, hopefully, the the focus has been. Up this week at practice, and uh, they, you know, go out and get some points that they probably weren't expecting to get. Um, but it's uh, it's not going to be an easy task. Penn State is a, like I said, they can't harp enough. It was just about the worst matchup for them, and it has been for a few seasons.
0: Yeah, and we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, so now to, let's we can do a little bit of official podcast business before we go tonight. Um, so just kind of in terms of a schedule of what you can expect from us going into the next week, obviously this upcoming week is the, uh, probably the biggest one of the year for our show. Uh, so we have, if you're not aware, Thursday night, Michigan State at Michigan hockey of next week, uh, followed by Saturday, Michigan versus Michigan State football at the big house at noon. And then at 7 p.m., Michigan travels to Munn Arena to take on Michigan State in hockey. Uh, So it's a huge weekend, and so we're obviously going to have coverage for you all throughout. Uh, Here's kind of what our schedule is going to look like. Uh, This Sunday, we're going to record two episodes One of them is going to be the recap of whatever happens this weekend and also a look ahead to all of the basketball that's going to be going on next week. We're going to keep that all in one episode and possibly even our Big Ten against the spread for next weekend. Keep it all there so we can focus on Michigan versus Michigan State in football and hockey. We're going to record that one as well on Sunday. That one will drop probably on Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, so we can get you all prepped for all the games this weekend. And then next weekend, I will be traveling to East Lansing, and we will have our first uh, in-person House Divided podcast recorded for you to recap everything that happens in, uh, in the Michigan-Michigan State rivalry next weekend. So it's going to be a really, really fun week and a half for us, and we're really excited to bring all this content to you.
1: Yeah, it should be a, a fun week. Uh, you know, hopefully uh hopefully MSU shows up this weekend in both sports so it doesn't seem uh like a death march. <laughs> um uh but yeah, it's uh it's gonna be a fun week around this podcast. This pod, you know, it's been a it's been a podcast that was gonna exist whether this week happened or not, but it's certainly uh a good week to have in the first year of us doing this, right? Uh absolutely to bring all the, the sports together. I mean we mainly came together due to the college hockey affinity. Uh and so we get to have that the first uh, matchup this year on the same weekend as football, that's going to be great. Um, so I hope, uh, I hope everyone wants to join in with us and, and uh, at least check out the Thursday night game. Cause again, hockey is not on TV Saturday due to football season going on, but uh, you know, definitely take the time to watch Thursday and uh, I'll save my, my rant about big 10 hockey, not being on TV enough for another day. Uh, but it's uh, it's going to be a great week around here. So Definitely jump in with us now, spread us around, you know, tell your friends about us, uh, leave, a, leave a five-star review on iTunes or Spotify, and, uh, you know, let's bring in some more people into this tent.
0: Yes, absolutely. Uh, definitely leave a review. If you have anything that you want us to improve on, please tell us. We can take constructive criticism. Uh, so, please, we just want to improve this show for all you listeners. Um, and, and that being said, it sucks that the game Saturday night isn't on TV. But pretty much, no matter where you are in Michigan, get get into Mun on Saturday night. If you're a Michigan fan, if you're a Michigan State fan, if you can, if there are tickets to be had and you have the money, go. Let's create a fun hockey environment down in East Lansing. That same with Thursday. Obviously, it's a little bit harder on a on a week night. But uh, college hockey doesn't get the deten- the attention it deserves, and we should all help push together to uh, create a fun environment for both of these rivalry games. Uh, But that's it from us. Jeremy, you have any final thoughts?
1: No, no, it should be a great weekend. Uh, Enjoy your bye week. Uh, uh, Definitely uh, keep me updated on the LSU Alabama game as I will be in Spartan stadium. So uh, you know, they don't have the greatest uh, score updates inside the stadium. So keep me updated and uh, enjoy your bye week.
0: All right, everybody. We're almost to rivalry. We're almost to rivalry week. Let's get it.